Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Iowa State sophomore guard Tyrese Halliburton helped Team USA to a pair of wins over the weekend in the FIBA Under-19 World Cup group play. On Sunday, Halliburton scored a team-high 21 points along with 8 assists and 5 steals and the U.S.'s 102-84 win over Lithuania. Halliburton and Team USA's final game of group play will be tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. against Senegal. Carroll native Nick Nurse was celebrated last night at the Wild Rose Casino and Resort in Jefferson after leading the Raptors to their first ever NBA championship. NBA free agency underway, and the Nets have grabbed a couple of free agent acquisitions, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, on their way to Brooklyn. Golden State also reportedly acquiring D'Angelo Russell in a sign-and-trade. To MLB from yesterday, Jorge Soler goes deep again for the Royals. Swinging 3-0. Put a good swing on it. The ball is carrying to the wall and gone. Opposite field, Jorge Soler. The call from Fox Sports Kansas City and the Royals 7-6 win over Toronto. The White Sox take another game over the Twins 4-3. Lucas Giolito was solid and Yoan Moncada brings the pop. Yoan drives it left center field. Buxton back at the warning track on the wall. It is gone. Two-run home run. 14th home run of the year for Moncada in the 4-3 White Sox win. The call from Jason Benetti on WGN. Milwaukee hosting the Pirates, and Marcus Thames gives the Brew Crew the lead. Thames sends one in the air. Deep center field. Montan looking up. It's gone. Eric Thames to dead center field. And the Brewers take the lead in the eighth. Brewers hold on for the 2-1 victory on the call from Fox Sports Wisconsin. It took 11 innings, but the Cardinals get it done against the Padres behind the bat of Matt Wieters. The pitch with the runner going, a swing, a long drive, deep left field, down the line. It's a goner. It's in the third level of the Western Metal Supply Company. The call from the Cardinals Baseball Network. Tonight, high school baseball on the airwaves. Dallas Center Grimes hosting Pella. Coverage begins at 7 o'clock right here on 1460 KXNO. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios. You'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon into the 11 o'clock hour. Hawks and clones coming up. Well, first we'll be clones and hawks. Dylan Mont's going to join us in, oh, 12 minutes or thereabouts. Two weeks from today, Dylan will be in Dallas. That's crazy. It's great. I love it. It is so, so good. Yeah, so do do they beat the SEC this year? Because the SEC is always first, seemingly, with their media extravaganza, quite honestly, and some of the um, fans that they um, go to great lengths to keep away from the event. It is SEC Media Days, July 15th through the 18th. Four days. So, four-day event, and it, it kind of uh, crosses over Big 12, Big 10. You talk about spreading it out and getting people to buy those hotel rooms in Hoover, Alabama. They do it right, Trent. They lap it up, you know, as well as anybody. Day one, three coaches. Day two, 
He coaches. That's a, you know. Spread it out. No, I'm Spread glad that that's out. too long. That that's too long. Yes. So we don't know any of the particulars. At least I haven't seen any particulars as to <laughs> who's going. I think is where you're going to go. Oh, thank you for saving yeah, me. There. Yes. Um, we have no idea who's going. Who's going to be first? Who? What coaches are Monday? What coaches are Tuesday? Likewise, I was on the Big Ten site yesterday trying to find any information. They've got the kickoff luncheon well publicized, Mm -hmm. but that's it. Right, yes. Very difficult to get a breakdown. And and to kind of come up with a game plan for us, because we're going to be on the air when a lot of these press conferences are going on, I would think. I've already reached out, talked to Mark, Scott, Tom. Hey, stop by, especially Thursday, because the Iowa session will be Friday. Though there'll be other things. So Iowa, we know for sure, Ferris is Friday. Yes, they are Friday. Iowa's day is Friday, so they're on the second half of it. Iowa, the Big Ten brings three. Iowa State and the Big 12 brings four players. Mm-hmm. So that also, as we're making our guesses here, kind of impacts it. Who are your four Cyclones that you believe should be there? Or no, who will be there? Prediction time. Instead of who should be there, the most deserving in your mind, who do you think are the four that Matt Campbell's going oh, to bring? Oh, boy, that's a good one. Well, I think um, you'll find most of them on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I would start Jaquan Bailey, Ray Lima, are all are both seniors. Lima uh, went last year. Lima did go last year. Okay, Marcel Spears has been there. He's had a terrific career. He's now a senior. Um, the four last year were PV, Lima, Kempt, and Montgomery, two on each okay. side of the football. Yep, and so that's how they'll try and do it again. So if Lima went last year, he's out. He's he's already made his appearance. Jaquan Bailey and Marcel Spears. Okay. What about Greg Iceworth? Um, offensive side of the ball. If he's going to bring two, he's going to bring an offensive lineman. Good Jones. That's where I was thinking. Yep. Uh, Brock Purdy is a sophomore. That's who the that's who the media wants to hear from, but he won't be there. Um, what about Josh? You mentioned Good Jones. Maybe it's Kniffle. Kind of an interesting story how he, story how he got there out of Iowa Western. Probably not though. I think it's Good Jones. Shante Jones and Julian Good Jones. Oh, go with a couple of Joneses. Mm-hmm. I could buy that. I like the Jaquan Bailey one. I'd like to hear. From I him. think he has to go. Yes. He's been started for a long time. How about Braxton Lewis? Your yeah, guy. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I mean, Campbell's got some. Difficult choices. Yes. Wazarike? Uh Just a junior, junior right? right? He's still got another year you could go that route. But pretty much um, most years, this has been a pretty easy decision-making process for Iowa State. Maybe sometimes we're arguing about the fifth guy, fourth or fifth guy. Yeah. But we're seriously going 8-10 deep. That's not a stretch. Mm-mm. No, not Lima could go again. Lima yeah, could go right. again. Uh, Greg Eisworth could go, but he's just a junior. Yeah, Eisworth is the guy that I I really like him. He's just so important for what they do back there, too. A lot of different directions. Yeah, all right. Conversely, Iowa. Now you only get three here. We've got to bring... At the top, you have to oh bring God, the All-American Epinesa. Yes, you do, even though he's just a junior. And mm-hmm. Ferentz doesn't like bringing an underclassman, although Josie Jewell was there and Nate Stanley was there. And Nate Stanley's going again this going year. Going again? That's the one... I'm sure you're right. I'm sure he will be there. We're doing predictions here as opposed to who should be there, but no Nate Stanley. He's not going to get any great, fun tidbits, is he? Mm, no, but he's a quarterback. He's a senior he's quarterback. A quarterback. 
So if it's those two are the locks, who's your third? This is where it gets tricky. Um, did Wirfs eliminate himself this weekend? Yeah, for people that missed it, Tristan Wirfs uh, got a ticket. Not arrested. No, it's a slap on the wrist. He got a ticket for being in a bar after 10 p.m. No, shame on him. Oh, 20 years old. Right. Imagine (laughs) that. Um, But that very well could be. You wonder. If if there's a deciding factor and there's a couple of different guys on the list and Kirk's trying to figure out who are we going to bring, and maybe that's the deciding factor. And that's part of an extra wind sprint or two that Wirfs is going to have to run. He's also going to not be able to go to Chicago, which is fine. Uh, how about from the secondary? I got the guy. Who is it? Ojemudia. You want to take him? I think so. I think he'd be interesting. I think he'd be fun. Doesn't feel like we know a whole lot. Plus, mm-hmm. I think football-wise, X's and O's-wise, I would love to get his perception of what they're doing with the four-two-five. He's the guy I've always felt was best equipped for that from what Amani Hooker was. From where Hooker was a year ago, that safety position, big guy, can tackle well. Ojo Mudia for a cornerback, he's thick. I mean, that's a big, big dude for a cornerback. But it sounds like that position's going to be probably DJ Johnson, who is more of a slight guy. So just want to get more of a perception of, of a, how they're running that, how that four two five is going to look. I think Ojo Mudia. Anybody else along the defensive line? Probably not Brady Reef. Mm, no, Latimer, no. No. Golston's just a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Welch. Senior, right? He is a yeah. senior. Yeah. Kind of same kind of thing. Doesn't do a whole lot. I think Ojemudi is a guy. I think that uh, Epinesa's table will be absolutely packed. Yes. Um, the national media will we'll be all over We'll want to talk that. to him. Yep. yep. We'll want to talk to him. He's a top five pick. Same thing with Stanley because mm-hmm. he is the quarterback. Senior quarterback. Yep. And I anticipate that he'll be there. Look, it's tough, the names. Mm-hmm. It's tough to come up with those names. You're leaving some guys that probably deserve to be there off of that list. All right, we deserve to uh, get Dylan Monts on the program. Our audience does, especially if you're a Cyclone fan. And Dylan will join us next. We'll pick his brain. Maybe he's got some intel as to what's going to happen uh, two weeks from today. Is Iowa State's Day Monday or is it? Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Two weeks from tomorrow, Dylan Montz joins the program next. Then Scott Dockerman in about 20 minutes. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, Dylan Montz momentarily. want to tell you first of all about uh, Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net, couple of locations. This is my dentist I'm speaking of. Uh, he's located, well, he's only one of the places at a time, but they have two of the different locations. East 29th Street in Des Moines, or for those of you in Altoona, 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona, now accepting new patients at both locations. Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net is the website. You'll find your patient forms, meet the staff, the services that they provide. If you're in the market for a new dentist, uh, fullerdental.net. Well, uh, we, during the break, we had a good Twitter suggestion. How about Chase? Allen, I thought that's that's fair. Chase Allen, the tight end, 
I don't think he's the best tight end on the team, but that's just personal. Yes, yes. I, McCuller I, guy. You are. You and Chuck are, are good buddies. Somebody going to catch more than 20 balls at that tight end position? This is the year. This is the year. This is the year that the tight end sees significant, significant balls thrown in their direction. Let's 30? get our buddy Dylan Monts in here. 30, yes, fair. Dylan, Trent and Ken, how are you? Doing well, guys, and I love that we're starting off with some tight end conversation today. It's, uh, it's good to be with you. It's great to be talking football. The calendar has turned to July. We were talking about your itinerary two weeks from today. You'll be in Dallas, correct? Yep, that's right. Two weeks. It seems like it's sneaking up. Two it, weeks, yeah, sneaking up. Indeed. So we're trying to figure out... I don't know, we had some time to kill. Trent reminded us that Ray Lima went last year, so that probably eliminates him from this year. I think Jaquan Bailey and Marcel Spears have to go. Trent brings up a good point on Braxton Lewis for what he's done with the program, finally getting the scholarship. I'm an Eisworth huge fan of him, but he's got another year maybe to go. So Bailey and Spears, let's start with the defense. Do you think that those are the two that will uh, be asked to accompany uh, to, to take a seat on the Iowa State plane and head to Dallas? You know what? Uh, in the past, I think they've sent guys in back-to-back years, so I actually think Ray Lima's going to go again. Mm. Um, I, I think he's important enough to the defense that they'll send him. and um, Just uh, with the veteranness that, that he provides, I think he'll go. And then I think Eisworth will go. You do? Um, with, yeah, I think with him winning Defensive Newcomer of the Year last year, there's a lot of buzz around him um, being another uh, first teamer this year, and I think mm-hmm. um wouldn't shock me if he was in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation as well. And I think I think Jaquan Bailey could could be kind of a candidate there, too. But um, I, I think those are the two guys that go on defense. But uh, I don't think you could go wrong with Spears either. And then Braxton Lewis, kind of his ascension through the program, obviously uh, they're going to re- rely on him and lean on him a lot this year, too. Is it a hard and fast rule that it has to be two on defense, two on offense? Or with the team built certainly like this Cyclone team, could you see them bring three defensive guys and just one from the offensive side of the football? Yeah, I don't think there's any sort of policy or rule of some that they follow with that. I, I think they just like to have balance and, and kind of spread it throughout the team. Um, I, I think they probably will stick to the two offensive and two def- two defensive, but um, yeah, I haven't gotten word, but I think we should actually be hearing um, maybe this week even mm-hmm. sometime who exactly will be going. I'm with you. So let's go to the offensive side of the ball here. It gets a little trickier. I think Julian Good-Jones has got to be – uh, one of those guys, been in the program a long time, meant a lot to the program. He's now a senior. I think he goes. Uh, we had a uh, one of our listeners make a case for Chase Allen. It could be on to something there. Maybe Deshante Jones. He's been in the program a long time and has started in the program a long time. He's now a senior. I'm going to stick with the two Jones boys, Good Jones and Deshante Jones. Um, am I on the right path? Yeah, I think Deshante Jones is is a really good candidate. I wouldn't be surprised if he went. Um, instead of Good Jones, I could even see Josh Knipple going. If you're going to take an offensive lineman, um, I think he could be a first team All Big Twelve candidate as well. Um, and he's kind of had an interesting path too because uh, he played one year at Iowa Western, came right into Iowa State as a true sophomore, and has been uh, by far, I think, their best offensive lineman the last few years. And then um, kind of personally and selfishly, I'd like to see them take Brock Purdy. Um, Having the starting quarterback there just kind of gives um, some different perspective. And certainly with uh, him being off limits to the media last year, we've gotten him a couple times 
this spring, but to really kind of have them open up and, and, and take a high profile position like that, uh, to big 12 media days, I think, um, would be a good thing. So, uh, if I had to pick right now, I'd say, um, they go Purdy and Deshante Jones. I'll stick with him. Interesting. You know, uh, it's, it's so funny seeing what Iowa does. And until a couple of years ago, it never even brought a junior before. We're talking about a true sophomore here with Campbell. I know Campbell's brought juniors before. You know, has he ever brought a, a sophomore before? You know, I don't think so. I, don't um, think so I was trying to remember with David Montgomery. I don't think he went that year. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think he just went last year. So I, I can't remember the last time a, a true sophomore would have gone. But, um, you know, they, as far as true sophomores go, they talk about Purdy probably a little bit differently than they have mm-hmm. other guys in the past. So uh, I guess maybe he'd be the, the rule breaker uh, in that sense. And your point's well taken, Dill. I mean, a freshman are off limits, and you, when you guys finally had an opportunity uh, to speak with Brock Purdy, there's a lot of personality there. This is a guy, not only is he, is he, great, or is he great under center, uh, but he's going to be, I think, a real positive influence and spokesperson for this football team as he becomes more of a leader yes just a sophomore but i could see that happening i really can yeah i don't know if i'd put him in the same conversation as david montgomery necessarily in terms of how he thinks and operates and and talks but he's in that same probably atmosphere in terms of his leadership and, and saying the right things and understanding where he needs to take strides in his game and um, kind of understanding how how important he is is to the whole operation of of what they're trying to do offensively. So uh, I think um, you know he, he has the right mindset and mentality. And again, I've only talked to him a handful of times here since he's been at Iowa State. But um, you got to like what you hear from the kid, uh, as, as young as he is and as um, new as all of the experiences last year were. So Tom Manning is back this year, and. That first season, what he did with the offensive line, just making them adequate compared to what they were at the beginning of the season, I thought was one of the good coaching jobs. When he was brought back, though, as offensive coordinator, there wasn't a whole lot of conversation of how much involvement he's going to have along the offensive line. You know how that's going to work out? You know he's going to have his hand in it as offensive coordinator and, and a guy that don't know his offensive line play, certainly. But you know how much he's going to be a piece up front there with the five guys? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. He's going to have his hands in it, but I think they really do like what Jeff Myers is doing with that group and, and having a young coach be down there and really kind of get into the minutia of, of each position because, um, you know, Tom Manning with his offensive coordinator responsibilities, one of the reasons he's the primary running backs coach is he can kind of take a more broad view of the offense and, and be able to develop schemes a little bit more and really identify potential issues at each position, whereas with the offensive line, um, you're not only focused on the center, which has so many different unique aspects to it, but you're having the left tackle, who's uh, you know as, as important to the operation as anything, and um, and just kind of making sure everybody finds their right spot. So I, I think he'll he'll dabble in there. He'll certainly spend um, some practice time down there, and uh, I, I think having experienced eyes and hands in that kind of world is is going to benefit them a lot. And then Matt Campbell, I think, is is going to be down there too, as that's kind of his. Um, you know, first foray in the college football coaching. So I think having as many experienced eyes on that group as possible is is a positive. And um, but I don't know if it's going to be a thing where Matt Cam- or uh, Tom Manning is the de facto offensive line coach. I think they do like 
uh, what Myers offers that position. Uh, Dylan Moss from the Ames Tribune. Dylan, you wet my appetite on Friday with uh, you ranked the uh, the schedule, Iowa State's schedule, from most difficult game to the easiest game. All 12 of the games were ranked. I, I can't poke holes at anything that you've got. I, I, I really can't. And I don't want to spoil your, your, your piece for everybody, but just at the top, Oklahoma, Texas, and Iowa in that order. Totally agree with you. Where I want, where I'll take the, the question though is, the the stretch once Big Twelve play gets here, three out of the first four on the road, and two of the first four really against terrific quarterbacks, uh, as we know Brewer at Baylor, and of course Bowman at uh, Texas Tech, really good. But the, the TCU is at home, but at Baylor, then TCU, but back to back roadies at West Virginia, at Texas Tech. Those four games, particularly the three roadies, all winnable, no question. But it's going to go a long way to determining how this season plays out. Yeah, I think that's the stretch. Um, and, and we talked about the early part of the season where, um, you know, that Northern Iowa game is always so interesting because it's, it's the first time you get on the field and can test some things out. So that's important. The Iowa game, we've talked about the importance of that, uh, um, potentially swinging them into another atmosphere in terms of games won the season. Louisiana Monroe, um, you're just kind of looking to get through it. But when you get to that Baylor game, uh, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm actually really high on Baylor this Me year. Me too. Uh, I think they've they've improved a lot the last couple of years, and even when they went, um, what were they one and eleven, two and ten, whatever they were, Matt, Matt Rule's first year. Um, I think they were a much different team at the end of the year, and then um, they they put some scares into a lot of people last year as well, um, and went to a bowl game. So I think they'll be a tough out, and then um, the the swing from Texas Tech to to West Virginia is it's a hell of a Hell of a distance you got to cover in, in just a couple weeks. So, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be the one to keep your keep your eye on. And I know people are excited about the end of the year possibilities with the Oklahoma and Texas games coming back to back weeks. But um, you know, it, 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 we're going to kind of find out a lot about this team early on through the first five or six games, but particularly that second kind of um, stretch where you're on the road so much. Dylan Mott's joining us from the Ames Tribune. Dylan, last week at this time, there was so much conversation about what was happening in recruiting, what was happening there. I saw this weekend that Hunter Deckers, the newest quarterback commitment for up in northwest Iowa, he's been at the Elite 11 quarterback camp, and he's been doing some good things over there. What have you been able to hear what he's been doing uh, during that big-time event for quarterbacks across the country? Yeah, I think there are 20 guys down there right now, um, and 24-7 Sports has had people down there all week, and they ranked him as – their number nine guy uh, out of that many. And there's a lot of four stars, five stars that go down there. So I think he has kind of opened some eyes. And, um, you know, he's kind of an um, intriguing body type as well for the position he plays and for how much he throws the ball. I think he's 6'3 and um, maybe like 225. So he's a really thick, solid kid and um, a lefty as well. So it's a, it's a little bit unique that way too. But uh, throws a really nice ball. Um, and that's what he does a lot in his high school offense. I think I saw something that said, um, you know, if he kind of keeps up the pace that he set last year, he'd be the um, all-time Iowa leader in, in career passing yards. So the, the kid can really throw the ball. And, um, you know, like we've talked about in the past, I don't think he can have um, too many quarterbacks on roster, particularly on scholarship with the turnover that happens and, and the risk involved with injury and playing that position. So um, a really nice get. And it'll be interesting to see if other schools kind of start to come in now and sniff around um, because he has been – so productive or, or noticeable on a national stage. Real Mitchell was that at that same event, correct? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Rojas a few years before that as well. So gotcha. they've had a few guys in the past that have gone down. Uh, so Dylan, what do you know? Is uh, is Iowa State on Monday or are they Tuesday at Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve Media Days? They'll be on Tuesday, which is a little bit of a switch up from from years past. They've always been in that first group. Um, they've gone on the same day as Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner. So. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a switch this year, but um, yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what the breakdown is for each team on each day, but uh, they're definitely going on day two. Uh, great read. Amestrip.com is where Dylan, he ranked the uh, the opponents from toughest to the easiest of the opponents. I won't spoil it for you. Uh, it's, it's a great read. I know that you're soliciting questions for your mailbag. You can go to Dylan's Twitter account, at Dylan Mons. When will you publish that, Dylan? Uh, hoping to get it written up on on Wednesday and published the same day, but if not, it'll be um, up on Thursday, the the fourth of July. So if people are um, uh, having somebody else drive them in the car, they can catch it to wherever they're they're going that day. Good stuff, Dylan Mont's Aimstrip dot com. Aimstrip dot com is where you can read Dylan the entire paper. Football season is here two weeks from today. Big Twelve Media Days will be underway. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you, Delamont's Ames Tribune. As we take a look at Iowa State, we'll do the same with Iowa when Scott Dockerman from The Athletic joins Trent and I next. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. You know what this is? Uh, this is Def Leppard. Yeah. Doc loves his 80s butt rock. This is, this is a good one. This was a good one. Def Leppard, you were into that back in the 80s? Uh, not yeah, into Yeah, you know what? My first album I bought had that on there. It was uh, really? Romania, Def Leppard. I, it was a record back, I think, and I bought it maybe in 1984. So huh. I was 11 years old. So, when did the drummer uh, lose his arm, Doc? Uh, it was right. At, it was like right around there. It was like New Year's Eve, I want to say in 84 or 85, when Rick Allen had his uh, when his arm was cut off, yeah, so uh, yeah, it was right back then. I remember a lot of a lot more about music in the '80s than I do in uh, what happened last week. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. Well, what happened a couple of weeks ago? We'll get to Iowa in a second, but I know you were on vacation, and I know you're up in my uh, in, in where I'm from. Uh, you spent time in what what provinces were you in? Doc, Manitoba, and Ontario. Yeah, we were right on the border on in Caddy Lake. Uh, You've got to be Manitoba. kidding me. I spent so no, much time at Caddy Lake in my life, Doc. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you find the tunnel? Uh, yeah, we were actually on there. And uh, um, let's be honest. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. I, I was using a boat I wasn't used to. Yeah. I got the tunnel. Um, and uh, I hit the ro- I hit some rocks <laughs> with uh, the boater and chipped the motor. And, uh, oh, no. It made for a long afternoon. I had to – that was – the costliest part of the trip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been through that. I mean, we always thought, Caddy Lake, you're going to catch fish. But there was, there, now, the, when you get through the tunnel on the other side, there's no cabins. At least there wasn't. That was a, I think they called it a virgin lake as far as cabins. But there was fish like crazy. But there was no cabins. Oh. So the, the the theory was, well, you know, there's no uh, no people that are going to be going out on their dock and catching all these fish. If you can make it, if you can navigate through the tunnel, you're going to hit a bonanza. Uh, I'm so glad you did that. That's crazy. Yeah, 
I loved it. It was a wonderful vacation. The weather was outstanding, and even the mosquitoes weren't too bad. Which so surprises it was, me. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. In- indeed. Well, let's. Uh, I'm glad you went. Um, it's, it's. I did not know that you were at Caddy Lake. Um, one of my, a lot of my fondest memories are, are on a lake in a boat with a, uh, a fishing line and some live bait in the in the boat. Don't catch much, but uh, had a blast trying. All right, Doc. Let's get uh, to the here and now, and um, you know we're two weeks away from. From Big Ten Media Days. I want to talk about uh, the hall, uh, the recruiting, and you did a great piece at The Athletic. The new rules have really helped out schools like Iowa as far as uh, making sure that they've got um, a number of recruits with this new signing period, the new rules, very beneficial to schools like Iowa. Explain. Yeah, it's allowed schools like Iowa and, and all schools, frankly, to extend official visits into the spring before their senior year, starting April 1st, before their their senior year had to already start. Well, if they're playing football, it's really hard to squeeze in even unofficial visits, let alone official ones. Well, now they're they're able to have these students come in on campus uh, in a month like June, where there's really you know the staff is able to 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 see these athletes a little bit more closely, hands on not have to worry about, oh, you know, we got to prepare for a bowl game or, or whatever. And, and then they also, you know, the student athletes, a lot of them are, you know, they're free for the summer. So it's been a win-win for Iowa uh, being able to, to recruit in this time of year. And uh, now they're at 20, uh, 20 uh, commits already, um, which is their high that they've ever had for this time of year. So, uh, you know, they, I think getting those players in early on campus, Allow them to walk around, you know, introduce themselves, and then uh, kind of, you know, build kind of a bond even before signing day, before you know, during their their football seasons. I think it's really been beneficial for this program. Speaking of recruiting, Doc, a story from earlier today down in the Dallas News: Elijah Yelverton, he's part of uh, the recruiting class for 2020, one of the top tight ends in the country, had committed to Iowa here a couple months back. He's transferring high schools, and he's going over. To play at a high school that is coached by Deion Sanders. His, really? his son is the quarterback, a sophomore. He already has offers from Alabama and LSU and Florida State and everything else. Probably not going to be able to bring Deion's son with him in a couple of years when uh, he goes to college. But have you seen that news there that Yelverton's uh, making his way to a different school down in Texas? Yeah, I saw that, that he's leaving Bishop Dunn mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, that other school. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's, uh, you know, it's interesting, certainly, to have, you know, Deion Sanders uh, as the coach. And, you know, you wonder, you know, what does that, that mean? I mean, you know, Yelverton is, uh, you know, in the fold. Um, he, you know, has been for a little while now. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess it's, it's neat, uh, I suppose, but I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into it. Hmm. Uh, Doc, we've been speculating as to who's going to be making your way to Chicago as far as uh, who Kirk Ferentz is going to take to accompany uh, the program and to represent the program. Nate Stanley went last year. Does that prevent him from going back? Josie Jewell went back-to-back years. I would think, to me, it's Epinesa and Stanley. Then it gets difficult. How about those two? Epinesa and Stanley, do you think they're locks? I would say so. I mean, you look at, at Stanley went last year. He was only the second junior to ever go. 
to Chicago and, and Jewel was the only other one. And, and, uh, you know, I know that's been a little bit of a, I won't say tug of war that may be too strong, but between the staff and say, you know, the sports information department a little bit that, you know, they, they want to see this as a promotional gig. You know, last year might've been a good time to bring Noah Fant uh, mm, to Chicago yeah. and, and instead they chose not to that the staff sees it more as a reward and who's going to represent the program the best of the best way. So, I mean, I, I think AJ Epineza does that. I think that the, you know, he's definitely worth bringing. Then as far as third goes, I mean, yeah, I, I would probably just to make a, a guess, I would probably go with Michael Ojemudia because he's a senior. Um, he's one of the very few of the fifth year guys that really are, have elevated themselves, you know, and, and he's the, actually out of the fifth-year guys, he's the only one to play to start double-digit games. So I kind of think he's got a chance. And uh, and, and knowing Kirk, you know, he, he still skews towards seniors. So I would probably think that would be the route. But if they were to go younger, shoot, there's so many great candidates uh, that they could bring a Geno Stone, a Brandon Smith, you know, uh, a Tristan Wirfs, although this weekend may have, uh, you know, dinged him just a little bit, probably not much, but, you know, I, I think all of those have good enough stories that, you know, you'd probably want to celebrate them in front of, you know, a cast of certainly large hundreds there in Chicago. With that, Doc, if you had the opportunity, and Kirk said you get to pick the three, what three would you pick? I mean, I, I would definitely go with Stanley, three-year starting quarterback. You want him there. I, I Japanezos. You know, he represents the program probably as good or better than anybody that I've seen. And then I would probably go with Tristan Wirfs. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, look, 500-pound hang clean, you know, set the record, beat Sheriff out. You know, they, he's got a lot of equity in the program. They've promoted him, you know, in the spring in different segments and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I think he's got, you know, plus he's very well-spoken and, you know, just uh, would carry himself so well in that environment. I think it would be really nice, but... I, I kind of think that they skew towards seniors, guys that have been there. So I think Epineza will be kind of the, yeah, he's the younger guy that's going. And then I would say Ojemudia would probably be the most likely of the seniors. I want to see Amir, Amir Smith-Marset just because he'd have the most to say. <laughs> well, there's a lot to do uh, you know, <laughs> over the years. I, 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 I would imagine... Uh, you know, one that always stuck out to me would have been DJK. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. He upset yeah. there. But, <laughs> or Matt uh, Roth. You know, I, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It's a promotional vehicle, yeah. and, and it, but it's very difficult to get what you want there. I, I look at it purely from my standpoint most of the time, which is, you know, do I have enough time to talk to these guys about what I want to talk to? And and it's usually pretty iffy. Hmm. Doc, who's the uh, – we haven't seen – I know that they don't put out a media uh, Big Ten rankings once once we get to Chicago, uh, but I, I think the Cleveland.com does that. But from what you've seen in the magazines, what you've seen at the Athletics so far, who's the team in the West that's not getting uh, enough maybe support? Who is being picked lower in the West than they should be in your mind? Hmm. Well, I, I really think that there's a good six teams that have – that could have an opportunity to win, you know, Illinois being the only one that would, uh, it might be Iowa. And I don't want to sound provincial here, but I mean, I still think Iowa has the best roster of the, of the, the teams in the division. I think, you know, they have the best tandem at tackles. They have the best pass rusher. They have a, the, the most experienced quarterback. You know, they were only a few points, you know, in their final three losses, they were 12 points away. The Wisconsin loss, you know, they gave up two touchdowns in the final minute. 
I think Iowa's the team that's been kind of overlooked here. I think Pro Football Focus is the only one that's really ranked them up there. Uh, you know, number one, maybe Lindy's has, but, uh, you know, I think it was, maybe it was Athlon's that had them sixth in the division. And I'm like, really? yeah, I mean, if the, if the, there's a bus accident maybe or something, but, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, so I, I would really go with Iowa as being the underdog. And, you know, the other one to get outside, I think would be Minnesota. They got three tremendous running backs. They've got a very good defense. They've got, you know, outside of Rondale Moore, the best receiver in the division, Tyler Johnson. And uh, we'll see what they do at quarterback. But I think Minnesota could be pretty good, too. Late last week, the story of the week in Iowa football after the recruiting started to slow down was the uniforms that were unveiled to be uh, played against Penn State. The all-gold look and uh, a little bit of a homage back to the banana peels of the 1990s with Hayden Fry squad out there. Your thoughts on the new uniforms? <laughs> You're talking to the wrong guy, man. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, I think they're kind of neat. You know, I, I like, you know, and my favorite ones were probably the ones they unveiled against Ohio State a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by and large, you know, uniforms don't energize me that much. I don't dislike them that much either. I'm not a, an old fogey, you know. I I know they're for a different breed of person, a different age group, I should say, of person, you know, that just loves the, uh, you know, the, the flash, the flash, and, and it seemed like everybody really liked them. So I, I think they're neat. They're interesting. They're going to be fun for one day. And uh, But, you know, I, I don't get that electric charge the way some people do. But, hey, it got a lot of play, and a lot of people were really excited about it. So I think it really was uh, – uh, you know, it certainly paid off for the Hawkeye. Uh, Doc, thanks for coming on. As always, we'll talk to you a week from today. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. What do you got coming up at the All Athletic? Right. Anything you want to preview? You know what? Um, I'm on vacation right now. Nice. Again. You know, I'm trying to take all my time here. And, uh, you know, so now I, just what I came out with yesterday about the recruiting was, was the only story I have. And then I'm kind of just going to hang out for the rest of the week. And then next week, Get into football mode. We are sorry we interrupted your vacation. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. That's crazy. There's 100,000 lakes in Manitoba. 100,000 lakes. Is it true? That's, uh, you know, Minnesota's license plates, the land of 10,000 yes. lakes. Yes. There was uh, one series of plates, maybe in the 70s. I trolled him a little. Oh, yeah. Uh, a land of 100,000. It's true. Sorry. And then Doc and I spent, well, Doc's vacation he spent on a lake that I'm very familiar. Trent, it's spectacular. This tunnel I'm referring to, mm-hmm. you can't stand up in your boat. Okay. It's a, it's obviously through the rocks, and it's, I don't know how long it would be. Maybe the length of a football field. Maybe not quite. And it's not wide. You can't get two boats side by side crossing each other okay. i mean you've got to kind of wait and see if somebody's coming and mm-hmm. kind of oh it's so cool i loved growing up there in the summer man i did i couldn't stand it in the winter but, you need uh, to go on a fishing trip it sounds like i would love to i need to do a lot of things yeah i need to well you crossed one off last week got yep to, got to see the stones yep i did I want to get up and see my son. He opened up a um, barcade. Uh huh. Yes. He lives in Sandpoint, Idaho, and those are huge. He was packed. My kid is his own. It's his own business. Pretty cool. It's really cool. He's twenty-seven. I got to get up and uh, I want to visit him sometime, maybe for a couple of days, and mm-hmm. 
10 bar or something for my son at his barcade in Sandpoint, Idaho. You ever bartended before? Yeah, Prairie Meadows. You did? Well, um, when when the racing season was over, when, mm-hmm. the, when they were broke, mm-hmm. um, they had to find stuff for us to do. Sure. So Because they were just trying to keep the you know some money coming into the place before the casino went, and they'd hosted Christmas parties. Oh, okay. So some one night, everybody did different things. I was dishwasher. Um, I didn't mind that, actually. Yeah. I was the DJ. I hated that. And um, poured beers. That was great. Uh, valet. Oh, this really? This is nineteen eighty nine, ninety, I think. Yeah. Back when did the it place all. was bla- yeah. Well, every everybody did. And we had so much fun. It was so much fun working there when the place was broke. Jack of all trades. You had to be. Yeah, learn you learn a lot. Be. You did. All right. So tonight we're going to learn a little bit about the National League Central. Two really big series taking place: Chicago at Pittsburgh and Milwaukee at Cincinnati. This mm-hmm. Cincinnati team. They're the best last place team in any division in baseball. Not a doubt about it. I got the uh, the odds, updated odds, to win the division. To win the Central Division. Whew. Well, it's skewed because the Cubs fans. Brewers should be the favorite, are they? They're not. It's Cubs, the Cubs. Plus 150. Brewers, plus 170. about this price on the Cardinals, though? It, my eyebrows raised a bit. Plus three six. Boy, that's big. It's a nice price. Yeah. Well, the pitching staff. It is. It's it's ugly. Mm-hmm. The starting staff in particular. Well, and Hicks is out too. So, the fourth choice, Cincy. It is Cincy. Mm-hmm. Plus nine fifty. Boy, oh boy, they're good. And even the Pirates at fourteen and one. Quarter of a unit. Just fourteen to one. You're throwing your money away there. You think so? I don't think the Bucks can win. I don't. Not well, a whole lot of staying power. No, I don't think so. Well, Al's all I tonight. Yes. Uh, and then Kyle Hendricks is not going to make a rehab start. He's going to make his rehab start against the Pirates. He pitches tomorrow. He does. In. I'm kind of surprised at that. And then seventy five pitches is the limit. Oh, is that what it is? I didn't yep. see that. So then tonight they need Alzolay to go deep into the game, no save doubt. the bullpen. Yes. And if he doesn't, you'll see some corresponding moves. I'm yeah. sure tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, they push back then. Whose uh, place did Hendricks take? Oh, Darvish got moved back then. Mm-hmm. He'll pitch on Wednesday. And of course, Hamels is on the injured list for mm-hmm. 10 days. And uh, Lester had a bad first inning yesterday. had a bad first pitch. I mean, uh, Schwarber did him no favors, uh, an error in left field <laughs> right. in the first inning. And, boy, that kid hit a bomb 450-something feet. Um, went over the batter's eye. You know the boat that mm-hmm. they have at, at the, in Cincinnati? Uh, in center field. All right, so you've got high school baseball tonight, right? Do, yeah, making my way up to DCG, heading northwest, so looking forward to that. Always fun. Going to talk with Coach Payton a little bit this afternoon. His son, of course, in the minors right now. I get an update of that uh, before they take on Pella this evening. 7 o'clock with our coverage there with high school baseball as we are now inside of a month hmm. before we get to Principal Park in the state tournament. So that's going to be certainly a lot of fun. And uh, one final thing. Hmm. Uh, up in Johnston, they, in the past... They I, ruled you off, did they not? They did, because in the past, I think you told me the Metro schools for a number of years would ask for a rights fee mm-hmm. for regular season. Johnston uh, asked for the same, $1,000 a game. Wait a second. The they want 1000 for for baseball, for every sport? $1,000 a game. If you want to go show up and, and, and broadcast the Dragons and give them some love and give them some publicity, mm-hmm. that costs you a thousand bucks. What does he think he's got? Thousand dollars. Well, he would. He's go got as, a good team, but I mean, come on, go as low as three hundred. I was also told. It's still too much. I'm. Believe it or not, I'm not making a lot of money. I am doing this to broadcast. I think it's important for mm-hmm. 
the kids across central Iowa. But come on. What's the guy's name? Joe Nelson. Give your head a shake. He's out of his mind. He wants $1,000. $1,000. Well, go elsewhere. Who I'll, loses in this? I'll be at Dallas Center Grimes. Right. I mean, it, it, you would have been, been in Johnston if they... That's crazy. Who loses out? The kids. The kids. Come on, Joe Nelson. DCG Pella tonight. Uh, you're on the air at 7? 7 o'clock. Good stuff. Murph and Andy today at 2. Fanatics at 4. Tuesday, we'll start another day with the morning rush tomorrow at 6. Thanks for being here. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO.